this is Amanda Buckle, and this is the Life is Music podcast. Today's question is, how is music a form of activism? I'll be looking at the impact of protest songs of the 1960s and 70s, and how music is still used to inspire change today. Until you are willing to eat rats to survive when the revolution comes. So activism isn't anything new. It's something that's been around for a long time. Things that we think about often are like Montgomery bus boycotts, Freedom Riders, Rosa Parks, Martin Luther King Jr., animal rights activists, um, women's marches across our country, Occupy Wall Street, most recently Black Lives Matter, um, even Colin Kaepernick taking a knee during the national anthem. So people nowadays, although we're still having these marches and these protests and these riots, people are finding new ways um, to be activists, like taking up social media, Facebook, Instagram going black for a day, TikTok. People are even using Animal Crossing as a way to virtually protest in the age of COVID-19. So where does music fit into all of this? Well, Musicians often seek to inspire change. Uh, Music is a vital part of youth culture. What kind of music you identify with says a lot about who you are and your upbringing. Music also is pretty telling of times. In the 1960s and 70s, fueled by frustration and rage, music often served as a commentary on the injustices of the times or as a call to action. Protest songs became a political and a cultural phenomenon. Young people who couldn't vote identified with the concerns in the songs that they heard and often used them to serve as a public voice on political issues. Music has a way of bringing people together. It's unique. Songs can trigger memories, recall a specific time, be shared between two people, be shared between more people, be used in times of war, in times of grief, in celebration, for dancing, and in this instance, for change. I roamed and rambled and I followed my footsteps to the sparkling sands of her diamond deserts. All around me a voice was sounding, this land was made for you and me. When the sun comes shining, then I was strolling, and the wheat fields waving, and the dust clouds rolling. So the song This Land by Woody Guthrie was not written in the 1960s, but it is an earlier protest song, even though we think of it as a song of patriotism now. And most children learn to sing this song some point in their elementary school career. Um, In actuality, Woody Guthrie was a socialist. He was irritated listening to Irving Berlin's God Bless America so often as he traveled the country. And he saw a disparity between what he saw of American people living in poverty and the utopian image the song portrayed. This land was meant to be a retort to that hypocrisy. A few of the original, more controversial verses didn't make it into the more famous recordings we know today. However, there was a more recent recording by Sharon Jones and the Dap Kings with the original verses about private property laws and hungry people standing in welfare lines. And at the end, she says, I was wondering if this land was made for you and me. 
also Pete Seeger, who was a friend of Woody Guthrie, has recorded this song multiple times and in different venues throughout time. And sometimes he just added his own verses in, reflecting current injustices of the time and different disparities between what he saw then and what was being portrayed or left out of media coverage. So it must be that side was made for you and me. Another seemingly innocuous song um, covered by Pete Seeger originally, a Malvina Reynolds song, is Little Boxes, and that was in the 1960s. Um, It sounds like an upbeat, fun, easy children's song, and I think that that's the power of it, where you have people singing it just like this land, thinking that, you know, it's something fun, it's something great, and then really it's a political statement. It's about the uniformity and sameness of American ideals in upper middle class white America. It's the innate routine of white people in these stereotypical roles and their cozy confining boxes that shield them from everything going on outside their bubble. Um, And even ticky tacky, it sounds so cute, but that's a comment on the shoddy materials that Levitt and Sons were using to make their ticky-tacky little houses that would crumble. So it's really a comment on all of these ideas that are really just a sham for people to wake up and look outside of their uniform little boxes. Another very prolific songwriter is a friend of mine in Berkeley, California, by the name of Malvina Reynolds is her name. Good song. Well, you know, she writes a song every day before breakfast. And with that kind of output, you can't fail, but... This song is about that part of the country out there. Well, maybe, maybe here too. That, You know these hillsides around the Bay Area? They've all been bulldozed and terraced and everything. Well, this song tells it. Little boxes on the hillside. Let me get the song out. (laughs) Little boxes on the hillside. Little boxes made of ticky-tacky. Little boxes, little boxes, little boxes all the same. There's a green one, and a pink one, and a blue one, and a yellow one, and they're all made out of ticky-tacky, and they all look just the same. And the people in the houses all go to the university, and they all get put in boxes, little boxes, all the same. And there's doctors, and there's lawyers, and business executives, and they're all made out of ticky-tacky, and they all look just the same. 
on the golf course and drink their martini dry and they all have pretty children and the children go to school and the children go to summer camp and then to the university and they all get put in boxes and they all come out the same and the boys go into business and marry and raise a family and they all get put in boxes little boxes all the same there's a green one and a pink one and a blue one and a yellow one and they're all made out of dicky tacky and they all look just the same Protest songs aren't confined to a specific genre. Um, oftentimes, musicians are moved to write music because of major historical or political events. This can be a way to process, catharsis, to get the word out, to spread a message, or as a way to not let that event be forgotten. Um, one artist in particular, Nina Simone, wrote so many songs about civil rights, although she is more widely known for her jazz and R&B crossover hits. Her songs were bold and left no room for interpretation. She delivered a clear message with backlash blues, young, gifted, and black, I wish I knew how it would feel to be free, and her chilling cover of Billie Holiday's Strange Fruit. She was moved to write her first protest song, Mississippi Goddamn, by the death of Medgar Evers and the church bombings in Alabama. From that point on, she knew her role as an artist was to, as she has been often quoted, reflect the times. Although this song was banned in many states, she played it live at the March in Selma in 1965. She later received a lot of her own backlash and ended up leaving America because of not being able to book gigs and having her songs not being able to be played on the radio. Eventually, she came back in the 80s with a resurgence and a less politically charged narrative. Everybody knows. 